The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Manor, and our goal every week is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And in true form, we're going to continue to bring you top-notch guests who have top-shelf ideas, strategies, tactics, tips, and techniques to assist you in growing your business and growing your sales and just plain making more money. And our title today is Profit Heroes. Strategies for Winning Customers and Building Profits. And I'm excited about my guest to, to, today, and his name is Bob Rickert. And let me give you a little bit of information about Bob. Bob is an author, and he's a CEO of PCS Strategies, Inc. And let me tell you about Bob. He's been selling for over 30 years. 15 years ago, after the first 15 years, he says, selling like all his competitors, <laughs> All of his competitors, he had an epiphany that forever changed his life. He learned that to reap the greatest rewards from selling, he must help his customers achieve their ultimate goals, greater profitability. And when he did this, he achieved success beyond his wildest dreams. He wrote his first book, Profit Heroes, and launched his company, PCS Strategies, to help companies build profit-centered sales teams dedicated to winning at the top, winning deals with the ultimate power of profit impact. Most of all, he's passionate about helping sales professionals understand the power of delivering value for customers at every level. And Bob, I would like to welcome you to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Hi, thank you so much. It's really great to be with you tonight. Excellent, excellent. So listen, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk, and we're going to let the, the audience listen in. That's how, kind of how I like to roll, but I was really uh, impressed with your book, Bob, and, and I got to tell you, I want you to just share with us, uh, from your perspective, what is Profit Heroes all about? It's really, tie about winning and losing, and... And the fact is, I think in today's marketplace, you know, we're under a lot of pressure with the, you know, the recent recession coming out of that, a slow recovery. And I think uh, for salespeople, we're getting a lot of heat from our customers. And, and it's about, you know, constantly getting better at what we do. And uh, what I have found is that um, the, the difference between a top salesperson winning business and losing business isn't isn't large in this marketplace. A lot of times it's the small things. And what I write about and, and the reason I wrote the book is that I believe it comes down now to uh, selling not 
a product or a service, but the impact of what your product or service has on the customer's business. So the more that you understand the customer's business, how they make decisions, and ultimately how they drive profitability, if you can impact that, then in the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's going to help you win going forward. So I wrote the book, and it's really about winning and losing, but how do you really compete and win in this marketplace? And I, I talk about that in the book and kind of lay out the process. Okay. You know, you made a, a great point. You talked about it's about ha- having an impact on the customer's objectives and their profitability. And that's one of the things I've said in, in our conversation. I kind of shared that with you that I talk about you making a difference. And if you, make the, if you focus on making a difference, the dollars follow. And not only will they follow, but they'll follow in larger quantities. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, the the thing is, it's easy to get caught up in focusing on what you sell. I mean, you know, you, you go to work for a company, you learn about the product services, how do you differentiate. But at the end of the day, the customers don't care about that. What they care about is achieving their goals, just like you said. So the more you're focused on the customer, I think the rewards are much greater because they'll reward you for helping them accomplish their objectives. And and, uh, and I know you do that in all, all the things that you do, Ty. When we talked about this uh, a while back, it, it's it's clear that, you know, that's what customers are buying. You know, they're really buying someone who can understand their business and, and bring them value. That's right. That's right. So, you know, you were talking about the, the things have changed, especially since the that last recession that we had. So in your view, how has the market changed, Bob? Well, I, 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 and this is from experience. I mean, I'm not on the sidelines. I'm out there selling too. And what right. I've experienced, and I think pretty much everyone has, coming out of the last recession, I mean, you, you remember the banks almost went out of business, <laughs> credit got very tight, uh, companies had to cut back uh, dramatically to try and make up the difference. They had a harder time getting credit to fund their business. So, what I have seen happen is that as a result of that, I mean, a lot of companies were, were on the verge. So they began to create what I'm calling or what I call in my book kind of a financial a culture where a, a new financial management culture in their business. So everyone in the company uh, in a customer's business anymore is accountable for the bottom line. Whatever level they're at, they have a responsibility uh, to lower cost, to to try and lower the the amount of capital tied up, in other words, inventories or whatever it might be. So, the big change that I've seen is that <clears throat> as you sell into companies, you know they're pushing their receivables out. They don't want to pay you as quickly thirty days, sixty days, even one hundred and twenty days. That's four months to get paid. They're scrutinizing every decision because they've they've built really, a, I think, a culture of of uh, consensus building and, and uh, risk, you know, less risk taking and so forth. So, the impact for salespeople, I believe, is that you, when you, you know, go in to sell to a customer, you absolutely have to be prepared to show how your solution will impact one of three things or all three things. And that is, first, can you help a customer grow their business? And in a slow economy, it's even more important, which is what we've seen. Secondly. And that, by the way, Ty, might be, do you bring, uh, do you help them grow their customers, you know, go to new, uh, new products to market, go to market faster, and so forth. Secondly, every company's trying to manage their costs. So what impact can you have in making them more efficient and more productive? And then thirdly, if you can impact how they manage their inventories or 
speed up receivables. So those are all the financial drivers that I think are starting to really uh, impact how customers make decisions. And so the big change has been if you're going to sell to a customer, you absolutely have to know how you impact those financials. That's an excellent point. Um, you know, that's it because one of the things I, I say that top executives have what they, what I call the three P's that they're concerned with, and the three P's are they're concerned with profitability, profitability, performance, and perception. And profitability first, and that's what you're talking about when you say grow their business. And also, one of the best ways to improve profitability is to reduce operating costs, which is Another thing you said, you know, manage their costs, and so and speed up receivables. Speed up receivables also manages costs and and also can improve profitability. That means there's less money that they have to borrow from banks to keep their business open and functioning. So, excellent it, points. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. And something that I think salespeople often uh, don't necessarily think about. But this is a fact, and there was a study by McKinsey and Company a while back on the effects of pricing on on, on companies, um, and and you know what that does to profitability. And for a company, for a customer, every dollar that they take out of cost, you know, it might be sales and general administration costs and so forth. That dollar drops right to operating profit. So whenever you go into a company and you realize that you can save them a thousand dollars or a million dollars. Every single dollar drops right to operating profit. So the higher you go up in the organization, the more the discussions about how can you improve our operating business or margins, and, and you can do it. Uh, and you do it every day, but sometimes we don't talk that way. We don't think that way. Yeah, and, and the worst thing I think a, a sales professional can do today is walk in spewing product. <laughs> because... Most people, especially at the higher levels, they could care less about product. Their concern is the outcome the product can provide to grow their business, help them manage their costs, or speed up receivables. Yep. Help them be more efficient and effective. That's exactly right. And, and it's just kind of, you know, it's, it comes natural to want to talk about uh, the greatness of your company or the service you provide or the product that you, uh, that you deliver. But, you know, at the end of the day, the customer really doesn't care so much about that. It's what impact do you have on my business. So I think that's that's a big shift with this economic, uh, you know, environment we've been in in the last few years. Yeah. You know, I, I have a saying that all executives, all decision makers, people who make decisions, they all tune into the same radio station every day, WIIFM. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's in it for me? They're tuned into that station all day, and if we can get on that frequency, uh, we we may have a new customer. But, you know, uh, before we go into a break, we have a few more minutes before we go into a break. I want to get started with this. You know, I want to understand from your perspective, Bob, how has selling changed over the years to where we are now? I, I really think, Ty, that um, it, it's evolved to, you know, it used to be that we could bundle solutions. We could focus on our products. And mm-hmm. we would differentiate based on the product. And pretty soon that didn't work, and that became a price battle. Then we started to bundle our solutions. And so, you know, you can bring more, you know, you can bring services, you can deliver, install something, but you can package it up, and it became more of a solution sell. 
Well, pretty soon companies got smart to that, and they started to unbundle or or itemize and and just challenge the the, the cost, and and so price became a factor again. And I'd say in the last few years, I've seen more focus on value selling, and and that's really understanding all the things you and I've just been talking about. But but mainly, what I'm you know, and the reason I wrote my book. I think where it's going is value is important, but you have to be able to quantify value. And that means you have to identify the ways that you specifically uh, can impact uh, a company. For example, if you're able to go in and, and reduce uh, the time to do something, that, that can lower operating ex- uh, expenses, uh, you know, things of that nature. So the more that you can understand that, the better you can articulate that, the more you can translate it into profitability. So that's really you know, what I see the changes being. It's been gone from product to solution to value, but now it's profit. It's interesting because I had a, one of my students one time because I one of the things I teach is whether you win a sale or whether you lose a sale, always go back and find, that, find out why you won or find out why you lost. That's the moment of truth. That's a teachable moment. I mean, you can learn, you can get some keen information so if you're doing something right, you just continue to replicate it. If you're doing something that's not working for you, then you kind of shift or you kind of change. I had this one lady who uh, went back to a customer to find out why she won. If I said the name of the company, everyone listening would know. It's a, it's a Fortune 100 company. And uh, she asked to find out you know, why they went with her and what benefits they received as a result of working. They say, as a result of the ideas you provided us, we got a product to market Two years ahead of its uh, its launch time, yep. and and I said, okay, so and what impact, what financial impact did that have for them? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, go back and find out because that's an amazing testimony. Oh, it is. It it it's it, and that's the opportunity I think salespeople have if they take advantage of it. That's right, because other companies are looking for that same. Capability. How can we get a product to market ahead of time? How can we launch it more efficiently, more effectively? And if we have ideas, and that, if that's our focal point on helping them meet their long-term objective, then they win, and then we win as as well. But it's time for us to take our first break, Bob. I tell people this is the fastest hour of the week, and you're a part of it. You're pa- you, Bob. You're a part of the fastest hour of the week, man. What do you think of that? I'm all over it. I love it. All right. All right. Well, it's time for our first break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Bob Rickert, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience. Let's sell something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Bob Rickard, and the title of this show is Profit Heroes, Strategies for Winning Customers and Building Profits. And, you know, coming back from the the break, Bob, I just want to talk about real quick something I noticed about your book. You took a unique approach in your book, and I want you to tell our listeners about the two competing salespeople that you have in your book, what happened and why you used that type of story format? Well, you know, you, uh, just before the break, you mentioned, Ty, the, the whole notion that uh, looking at a success or a failure is really important to learning. I mean, I often think you can learn more from losing than winning. And, uh, but what I wanted to do in my book was to get across some of these principles, some of these things that, I, that we've been talking about in a unique fashion. There's, there's so many sales books. I mean, I knew when I wrote this, uh, you know, this isn't the first or the last sales book to be written. But I also know salespeople, uh, you know, they, they want to get something out of it. They want it to be experiential. So what I did is I basically wrote the story of two competing salespeople, both extremely talented, very successful, and they tell their own story in my book in the form of an autopsy. What happened to them in that particular opportunity? They were both competing for a large sales opportunity. Mm-hmm. And one had the account for five years, had about 60% of the business, had built relationships, uh, had brought tremendous value. And uh, the other salesperson had the account for only 60 days, and her company did not have much business at all, and in fact, had kind of fallen out of favor. So the story really unfolds with the loser starting first, and by no means is Vince Billings a loser. He, he lost the business, but he's not a loser. And as he goes through and articulates what he did, how the opportunity unfolded, and the things that he did to try and win the business, it's hard to understand why he lost it. And, and that's my point in the book. But essentially, what he did is he really relied on his relationships, which were mainly at the. He was in the business of selling spray gun systems, which uh, you know uh, were applied to a manufacturing process for sinks and tubs and that kind of thing. They sold to different industries, and and so they had some problems with their old spray guns, and it was clogging up, and it was. Uh, uh, 
they had defective product, they had built up inventories, they were losing sales, a lot of things like that. So they did an audit, came up with the need to, to replace these uh, um, spray gun systems, and he had the opportunity to influence the manufacturing side and, and all parts of the business that, where the decisions were made. Long story short, he, he got sort of uh, uh, blindsided and lost the business, and he talks about all of what he did and, and, and what he did to win the business. And, but the winner, and, and essentially what happened was he made too many assumptions because the winner, Susan Stafford, came in with 60 days uh, in the account, no relationship. So she knew she had to change the game. She couldn't compete one-on-one with somebody that had five years track record in relationships. So what she had to do was to try and figure out what were the business drivers. While Vince was really focused on manufacturing and the operational aspects, the technical aspects of the business, she's very close to the folks that make that happen, what he didn't do enough of was get to the executives to understand the business drivers behind all those defects. And that's what she had to do. So what she did was basically do her research, and I go through the process of how she does it, um, but essentially she translates what that poor quality meant to them financially in terms of growing the business, managing costs, uh, losing sales, and so forth. So what she did is using social media, was able through LinkedIn to get to the CFO. She found out he had a real uh, uh, slant towards technology, and they had a new technology. So long story short, she really took the approach that instead of just the $5 million budgeted project to upgrade some of the spray gun systems, she came in with an enterprise approach and said, let's change them all, make them all new. They will all sync up to this new technology, and the impact will be $39 million, and the $12 million investment will leave them with a $27 million profit improvement. She went in to present that and won the business on the basis of the fact that she was able to translate the same operational needs, but she did so in terms of profit impact, and that's what won her the business. And, and basically, she went in and changed the game and, you know, doubled the, the budget and, and the, uh, the, the size of the sale. So the point was Vince made too many assumptions about his relationships and didn't do enough to understand the financial or the business and profitability side of the picture. And it was a small margin of defeat, but it was big enough to lose the business. You know, it's interesting, Bob, because <clears throat> there's a real-life example that happened uh, where I live in, in Tampa Bay several years ago where there was a gentleman who, he was the incumbent, and this company was doing about $2 million a year with him, and, I mean, without fail. There were never any complaints from the customer. The, the POs just continued to come. So he made the natural assumption that all was right with the relationship, and then uh, this company decided to build, uh, to buy some land just outside of Tampa that was going to house approximately 7,000 employees, and it was going to be a $32 million project for his product. So he automatically assumed, he was he, being the incumbent, he would win it. But uh, there was a competitor that got in and got to the top, kind of like what your, your, your champion did, and... Uh, got invited to the dance. Uh, and so now the salesperson who was the incumbent got concerned and his management got concerned and they started flying into Tampa and they ended up flying to New York where the corporate headquarters was. 
And the one of the executives at the corporate headquarters said, well, you know, this other company came in and shared with us, with us some ideas that could help us improve, enhance, retain, reduce, maximize. It kept using verbs, Bob, on all of the outcomes that this, this, this new person could bring in. And the, the salesperson said, well, uh, well, we can do that also. And the executive got angry. And he said, well, if you could have done this for us all this time, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> and the next thing he said, Bob, was the most telling thing I've ever heard an executive tell a salesperson. And he said to him, he said, it's your job to keep us informed of anything that can help us be better or do better, whether we want to hear about it or not. So basically what he was saying to him was, listen, if you call us one time and we don't answer the phone or don't take your call, call us a second time, a third time, a fourth time. You keep calling until you force us to listen to the idea that can help us be better and do better. Well, that's a great story. And I tell you, it's it's really reflects what I think is going on. Because if you think about that story and, and the story that I wrote about, Really, what I what I mention in my book is that you you know you want to move beyond just being uh, you know the the have the strong relationship and 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 be the person that has um, you know I, I guess the you know be the preferred supplier because of the track record, but you want to become a peer, and the way that you become a peer to that CEO or CFO that you referred to is by really being perceived as being on the executive committee, sitting at the table. It's like as if you were on their payroll, sitting in the room, you know, behind everyone saying, look, I have your best interests at heart. I know that there's areas of your business that we could improve, and I understand what the financial impact would be if you made this investment or if you stopped doing that or started doing something else. And I think the more that, that salespeople can move beyond what they sell, because I think your example is great, and I think what, what happened was there were too many assumptions made by the incumbent, and he was focused uh, more on what he was selling uh, as, oppo- in, in, as opposed to maybe the impact of what he was able to do, or could have done, maybe he was already doing, but he didn't get credit for it. So there's a lot of things that go into that. But I can guarantee you that those executives will look at a salesperson and say, is this person a cost to me? Or is this person an earnings contributor? Will they come in and help my earnings? Or are they just here to sell me something and therefore they're going to cost me something? And you get a different level of respect when they view it that way. And that's exactly what you, your story just uh, you know describes. And, you know, and the awesome point about that also is <clears throat> we don't want them to think of us as costing them anything. We want them to perceive whatever we're, we're recommending as an investment. <clears throat> and, and what I love about top-level executives is they realize the only way to get a return on an investment <laughs> is to first make an investment. So if we can get them to understand that it's, it's an investment with a, a potential return versus a cost, you know, I think that's the main thing. And and most salespeople walking, well, this will only cost you and versus what we the investment in this would be. I think sometimes even the terms we use can either help or hurt us. And I've heard well, you use some pretty interesting terms as well recently. Well, you're right because what what you were just saying is what will this cost you or what will this earn you? 
Bingo. The, other that, the other thing to think about, and I think I think salespeople just don't really think this way because I didn't until I figured it out, and that is that CEOs especially, their job is to deploy capital, whether it's a public company or funded by the family or, or wherever it comes from. Whoever is running that business is responsible for taking the money, the investment, the dollars that people tie up in that business and get a return. So the way that they have to look at the business is say, look, you know, I, I don't worry about this month because I got people three floors down to take care of all the operational side of the business. What I have to do is make decisions about where am I taking the business, where do I invest, and 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 that's you know that's their job. So wherever you can show them the investment has a return, that's that's how you win. Man, we are. You know what? You might be my brother from another mother because I declare <laughs> we are in sync. We are in sync. We may not sing or dance like them, but we are in sync. And that that may have gone over your head. Hopefully, some of no, my listeners not. got it. <laughs> no, but, no, I'm with you. Okay, uh, but yeah, we when we're going to take a break coming up. But when when I get back, I want us to talk about uh, some more of your perspective about uh, you know selling profit improvement and 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 how you know salespeople can learn to sell this new kind of way. And I also want to invest some more time talking about that C level. The C-suite, CEO, CFO, uh, CAO, you know, Chief Procurement Officer, all the all the C-suite, and I also call them the uh, top level contacts or the TLCs. So it's time for us to take uh, another break. You're listening to for get patience, let's sell something. My, I'm first of all, I'm Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Bob Rickard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. 
If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Bob Rickard. And we're talking about how to be profit heroes. You know, Bob, before we took the last break, we were just talking about words and how words can make a tremendous impact, have a tremendous impact. You, instead of, you, you said instead of cost, you talked about earnings. Another thing I, I noticed was you don't mention products to a top-level executive, you know, I say, you know, we have a new idea. We have some unique ideas that have been instrumental in helping companies like yours. They love talking about an idea. They do not want to talk about a product, you know? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, really, Ty, they want, if they're going to talk, they want to talk about their business. And and I think they want to talk about, um, you know, how do they achieve their strategies? I mean, if you're going to get them to talk about their business, but they're not going to talk to you that way if they don't believe they're talking to a business person. If they think they're talking to a salesperson or a product peddler, they're not going to share that. But if they think you're uh, a business person trying to understand what they're trying to do, I think that is the language business. Now, there's three things you know that I find that really prompts those conversations, and that is you know, you need to I think uh, really understand how a company's uh, strategy or what the company's strategies are to grow their business, and and uh, you know so it starts with that, and you know then the second thing being what are the strategies to do it profitably? In other words, any initiatives, any efforts uh, that they're trying to do or needs that they have to try and lower their cost, and what might those be? And then thirdly trying to, you know, get a better return on capital. Do they want to invest in more capital equipment, or do they need to build another warehouse? Maybe there's another way. So all those things become part of what they're trying to do, and it's as simple as, you know, just really simple language. What's their strategy? What are they trying to do to grow and and manage costs and that kind of thing? You know, it's interesting. You made that point that they don't want to talk to salespeople. They want to talk to business people because, when someone enters my workshop, I promise you within the first 30 minutes of being in our workshop, I say, so from this point on, you are no longer a salesperson. You are now a business person who happens to sell. And the mindset is because salespeople have a tendency to not keep an eye on their bottom line. <laughs> you know, yeah. they just want to sell uh, at all costs. And their margins and profits go out the window as well. But a business person who happens to sell uh, basically is working for a for-profit company. And the goal of any for-profit company is to make a reasonable profit. So if you go into a meeting from that mindset or with that mindset, the other person, they accept you as a business person and not as a salesperson. Well, more than that, they respect you more because – you know, they understand profitability. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, again, going back to that McKinsey study, what they found is for every 1% that a salesperson discounts their pricing, everything else remaining the same, you just knock off 1%. For 
for your own company, that drops 8 to 10% off operating profit. It's a huge, huge delta. And that's why in your own business, you get so much pressure on defend pricing, keep the margins. And so when you're sitting in front of a customer, they don't want to know that. But the fact is that when you're in front of a customer and what you're focused on are the things they're trying to do to grow their business. Uh, you know, you, you, you made a great point. Getting product to market um, you know, uh, the speed at which you can help a customer get product to market, that's a massive uh, Im- impact. I mean, they have probably spent years developing that product. They have to take it to market. They probably have a six-month window to get it out there and, and win enough business before competition fits, figures it out. And and it's so important. So, you know, being able to do that and protect your margins, and that's why in Profit Heroes, when I when I talk about Profit Heroes, you want to be a hero to your customer, about all the things we've talked about. And if you do that, much to your point, the profit will be to your company because you will be able to do so without having to you know, drop your price as far because of that. But it's, it's a great point you make. And you just made another great point about them respecting the other person because I've had people, you know, normally at the beginning of my workshops, I say, okay, what do you want to – to gain out of this this workshop over the next couple of days or four days, however long the workshop is. And a lot of times I have somebody say, well, I want to know how to get my clients to like me. And my response, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but it's like I really don't care if they like you. I want them to respect you because there are a lot of uh, customers who like their salesperson but give the order to somebody else. Well, we have a tendency to do business with the people we respect and we also have a tendency to like the people we respect. So that was a major point that you made about really the executives having to uh, be able to respect the other person, the, the, the person who, who is the business person who happens to sell. And we kind of own this vein. So I, I, I want to I stay there for a second. How is, important is it from your perspective, Bob, to sell at the C-level? You know, I, I think it's it's critical, and I get a lot of pushback when I make that you know central point because um, I believe that a lot of salespeople uh, get very comfortable calling at the purchasing level, at the operational levels, and so forth, and 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 at the user level. So, in other words, you sell into those folks that are buying the product. Often, they're the ones that are using the product, but at the end of the day. Um, they're the ones that are managing to a budget, and so when their budget gets tight, then they put the squeeze on you, and that's where that's where the pain often comes from. So, what I've always said is, look, you know, you can't you can't go from calling on procurement or the operational levels and just walk into the CFO's office or CEO. I mean, you know, we'd love to tell you that it's that easy, but it's not. It takes time. It takes learning. It takes earning the right to do that. The respect you talked about, but one of the ways you can begin to do it is by asking these better questions, even at the front-line folks that you're dealing with. Now, they don't necessarily understand the strategies as well as CEO does, but they understand where the pressure points are. They understand that there's a big initiative to cut costs for a certain reason. That's important. But, but I'd say on the path to getting to the C-level, at the very least, aim for the next level of profit and loss. Whoever owns profit and loss at a division level, maybe even at a plant level, in fact, I would tell you that there's salespeople that call on Home Depots, and you'd say, well, you have to call on corporate to get the profitability. Not at all. The store level, 
manages profitability. And even maybe you're selling spray guns that, you know, you're trying to sell through Home Depot, you can go to a store manager and articulate the fact that your product, maybe the brand and the, and the pricing and the different benefits of it, the margins, would really improve the fact that they could move more inventory and get a better margin. It works at every level. The difference is, though, you have to understand what they have the ability to make decisions about and, and then either get their help to move up or, or start to sell them on the, on the P&L that you can impact. So it, it comes down to tie profitability and who basically makes the decisions. And it can be, it can be division level. It can be functional level. You know, the, the technology group sometimes will have a P&L that, they, that they're, they're you know, managing. So uh, that, that's been my experience. You know, and and that's that's an excellent point because um, a lot of people don't want to call at the high level because they don't want to get into numbers uh, too extensively because they feel they may make a mistake and look foolish. So it's just easier to call on someone lower. As as human beings, we have a tendency to be lazy. And we have a tendency to take the path of least resistance. So anything that's going to require a little bit more work, even though the return may be greater, we try to avoid. So calling on this C-suite, helping them to understand profitability and, and margins and all these types of factors, does that require a financial background? It, it really doesn't, Ty. And I've spent the last 15 years helping people understand finance and, and understanding it better. And first of all, there's a lot of resources out there that you can go to online, you know, Investopedia, and just put in any financial term that you want to understand, and, and they'll give you a definition and a background. But more importantly, it's, it's keeping it simple, and, and that you don't need, I mean, I, I think there's a real myth that in order to talk to a CFO, you have to have the same financial acumen. That's not the case at all. What you need to be able to understand is how they keep score. And so if it's a public company, you can go to their 10K or their annual report and, uh, and familiarize yourself with those things. You'll see in their quarterly earnings reports, they will articulate the two or three key metrics. You know, we're, we're a gross margin focused company and this is how we measure it. So uh, I'm not trying to simplify it, but you have to have a financial curiosity. You have to, uh, to try and, uh, incrementally learn it, but you don't have to have a financial degree. You don't have to spend two years in the finance department. What you need to know is, are they growing their business? Are they profitable or not? Are they doing it at a better margin than they did last year? And what does that mean? And and are they putting more investment in their business? You can read about that. You can see that. And those, that's a starting point. Um, but you do have to keep it simple, and it can be done without you know, having to become a CFO to even talk the language. You know, it's interesting that you said that because <clears throat> one of the things I teach the salespeople that I, I work with and coach, um, I say read the same things that the people you're pursuing read. <laughs> you know, read uh, Wall Street Journal. If you read uh, Business Week, read Fortune, read Forbes. Uh, I was on a plane right uh, next to a CFO one time, and I and I said to him, I said, you know, the people that I train, I tell them to read the same things you're reading. And the, the guy said to me, he said, that's interesting. He said, that makes sense, really. He said, because in the most recent CFO magazine, yeah, there's a magazine called CFO, right? Uh, <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he said they had articles on that were designed to help us select vendors. Now, as a vendor, wouldn't I want to know what they're looking to, to judge me on? Wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So I say read some of the same things they read. You get so you 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 know what their concerns are. That's exactly right. And in those quarterly reports, in their own words, they describe their performance. And I think that in the uh, analyst calls and so forth, you can learn a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bob, we are approaching our final break of the hour. I told you this hour goes by quickly, man. I had a, a great time talking with you. But we're going to go ahead and take this last break. You're listening to for Get Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest is Bob Rickard. And stay tuned, and we'll talk to you when we return. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and the topic of the show today is Profit Heroes, Strategies for Winning Customers and Building Profits, theirs and yours, but theirs first, obviously, and my guest today is Bob Rickard, and, and Bob, we, we, we in the last segment, and we probably have maybe about, uh, I would say, five or six minutes left, six minutes or so. Uh, I want to talk about how becoming a profit hero can help uh, our listeners' careers or help well, them grow their business. 
Yeah, well, first of all, just to, to kind of build on the last uh, segment, you know, that becoming financially curious and, and trying to learn in, in small steps, you know, how companies keep score, what are the key metrics that they use. And you can learn that by asking them those questions and by researching them and, and using resources online. But the way that it really becomes important to your career, I believe, is that, you know, when you're able to sell effectively for the customer and you're, you're able to deliver like you and I have been talking about uh, during the show, the you know, real impact to their business, it has a huge impact on your business uh, as a salesperson. And that's what advances your career, in my view, is, is being a smarter business person that understands how your company's trying to make money. You know, you said it a little bit ago, yeah, we work, we work for companies to, uh, you know, to ultimately help, um, you know, customers, uh, you know, achieve their goals. But at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, you work for, typically, you work for a for-profit company, and you've got to make a buck, too. And the only way to do that is to really be able to defend your pricing and, and the services. The other thing it does, I believe, when you're able to sell to that C-level, something we didn't talk about, Ty, is mm-hmm. that the sales cycle goes faster, and, it, and the deals usually get bigger. And that's what I reflect in the Profit Heroes is that she doubled the size of the deal because she made it a business decision and she could justify a much bigger investment than her competitor. And I think that's where, when you get good at that, that's what advances your skills and your opportunities and ultimately your career. Oh, my goodness. You, we just keep segueing into each other because that's exactly what happened with uh, someone that I trained um, he got a an, a proposal that was initially for three hundred and sixty five thousand dollars of his product, uh, but he went in with what I taught him basically to go in and to get to the real need. See, everybody else was selling to circumstances, and I said, "No, I want you to sell to the real need behind the circumstance." And when he went in and probed deeper, he got information no one else got, and he said, "Well." I have this proposal for you, but the guy said, well, I don't even want to see that proposal you have now because after our discussion, it's clear to me that proposal that you have will not help me accomplish the goals that you just discovered. So I want you to go back and give me a new proposal based on our discussion today. And the new proposal was for, well, I'll put it like this. I received a note from him six weeks later. And he said, I just want to let you know that I just won a $715,000 opportunity at 27% margin. So now earlier it was for $365,000, but that was based on meeting uh, some circumstances. But when he was able to uncover the real needs of the customer, the customer was willing to invest more. And as you said, the dollars will flow quicker as well. So, I mean, that's just, we're just dead on. You're dead on, Bob. That, that one success for that sales rep changed his, I think it's him, it changed his life. And I guarantee you it affected his career. Because what he discovered was that the power of that value, of that profit impact, and being able to talk to that executive about business problems that he could solve just absolutely, you know, quadrupled the potential. I mean, uh, he'll he'll be invited back in to talk again about an idea 
Uh, whereas before, you know, it might have been I'm not in the I'm not in the market to buy that product anymore. But now he'll be he'll be open. They'll he'll be welcome open arms for that. And and, and that and that's the other point I think we can make to our listeners right now. Sometimes you may receive a we an RFP a request for a proposal, and then we just uh, abide by it like it's the law. Whereas this gentleman went in and asked some additional questions and ex- some, and exposed some gaps that no one else did because they raised their hand as a me too. They were what I refer to as a bid jockey. You know, <laughs> they uh, they got on their bid horse and they they just basically said, "I can get my price lower than yours. I can get my price lower than yours." Yeah, and. <laughs> You know, whoever whoever wins that race has a tendency to lose. And he went back in saying, okay, there's, there's probably more to this. I know I'm probably on the surface, so I'm going to put on my scuba gear, and I'm going to dive deep. We're going to get down low. And he uncovered real needs because, you know, circumstances are really like uh, a symptom of something. A, a cough can be a symptom of many things. It can be a cold, allergies, bronchitis, pneumonia, uh, cancer. So if you solve the cough, you haven't really solved the real issue. But if you solve the real issue, first of all, people are more willing to pay more for you to solve bronchitis than they are uh, a cough, right? Yeah, that's exactly you right. Know, but if you solve the real issue, the symptom goes away also, but you can solve a symptom, and the real issue is still there, and you'll have a dissatisfied customer. But, you know, our time is up, Bob, and I, mean, I tell you, I really appreciate you you coming here and being with us today, and just your insight is amazing. And uh, I want our, customer, our customers, our listeners, well, hopefully I, I'm, I'm prophesying. Maybe they will become your customers. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's stick with that. Uh, how can they get in touch with you? How can they contact you? Uh, if they want the book, uh, how do they get that? Give, talk to us for a couple of minutes on, on how uh, the listeners can connect with you. Well, I appreciate that, Ty, very much. The, well, the book's on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, any of the uh, – uh, the book resellers you can get to, and and you'll find it. It's the Profit Heroes it's Breakthrough Strategies for uh, Winning Customers and Building Profits. The other uh, place they can go, and if people are driving or whatever, I'll make it simple. Uh, you can go to www.theprofitheroes.com. That'll take you to my site. I've got uh, I've got a, 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 some information there. I, plus, my um, services are kind of outlined in my uh, contact information and. And really, my goal is to help individuals on kind of a one-on-one coaching, uh, helping organizations sort of craft their strategies around going to market in the ways that you and I have talked tonight, and uh, and being able to uh, you know really even coach deals. I've been involved in some you know big account strategy uh, groups and sessions where where we can kind of apply these principles. So you know, in my book, I talk about the profit-centered selling process. That's what uh, Susan Stafford did in her success, and that's what I talk about throughout the rest of the book, and and that's what I'm here to help uh, help folks do. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks again for being on the show, and uh, don't be surprised if you get a call from me again because I, I I think what you said was quality material, and uh, I hope my my listeners had their pen and pad ready and took copious notes. Uh, so thank you, Bob. I really appreciate you being with us today. Well, well, I enjoyed it, Ty. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. 
Okay, my pleasure. Hey, that's the end of our show. We thank you again for listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Uh, you also are welcome to go to my website, uh, tymaynardgroup.com, and just take a look at, around and see the things that we can offer you as well. And you want to have a copy of the Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something book in your reference. You want to have both Profit Heroes as well. Uh, it's an awesome book. I have it. I have a copy myself. Uh, I, I highly recommend it, and we look forward to having another awesome show for you next week. In the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.